Hello, FPL managers. Welcome back. It's the 16th episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. You might have missed us last week as there wasn't much time to record a podcast with the midweek deadline. And we wanted to go for a quality over quantity approach. But we're happy to be back today. And we're going to change the format a bit to make sure we can stick to the crisp and concise concept we had in mind when starting the podcast. But, you know, as there's always so much to talk about in FPL, we found ourselves talking for close to an hour in previous episodes, which is a trap we don't want to keep falling into. We're all busy, so for us, we need to keep it easy and fun to record. And for you, we want to make sure it will be interesting and valuable enough to listen to. And to do so, Sirtop posted a question on Twitter earlier today to understand which dilemmas you're being faced with at the moment. And that's then what we will focus on today. The essence doesn't change though, as this is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass, that's the question. So Sirtop, before we dive into it, anything you want to share about your team and how it's going? Oh boy. Absolutely terrible game week with 32 points and my game week rank is 9.1 million. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but it happens. It so happens. I, yeah, I was feeling a little bit blue uh, mm. during the game week, but I mean, yeah. extreme results are part of FPL experience and I will get better in a few game weeks, I hope, with better results. How about you? Yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, <laughs> overall... <laughs> my previous two game weeks were decent. I had two scores which were just above average, so that's about it. It wasn't anything exceptional. But considering that I didn't own Haaland, uh, you know, that hurt me a lot. And, you know, with that in mind, I think my scores weren't too bad. I did hit the wildcard button, I can already tell you now, as there are a few changes I wow. want to make. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, yeah, I was thinking by doing it now, I hope to be a little bit ahead of the curve. And uh, I know someone else asked about the optimal team for a wild card this week. So, you know, I'll be interested as well to hear your answer. Um, so, yeah, let's dive into some of the Twitter questions, shall we? Yeah, before we start, let me mention that uh, Dan, it is FPL stats, Dan on Twitter, helped yep. us to answer uh, the questions this game this week about Chelsea. Dan is a manager who pays attention to the analytics side of FPL and also a mm -hmm. big Chelsea fan. So okay. big thanks, Dan. And uh, we are planning to repeat this in following game weeks and in following episodes. So bringing a guest to answer some of the questions on Twitter. And we will try to cover those answers in the pod. Yeah, great idea. And thanks, Dan, for uh, helping us out this week. So yeah, let's start with tackling the wildcard question. Um, let's see what the solver is giving as optimal solution for the moment. And while we do it, let's consider the latest news, which is that the Brighton versus Crystal Palace game in game week eight is apparently postponed due to uh, rail works that are being scheduled, believe it or not. For a minute, I thought it was a joke, actually. <laughs> you know, there is FPL Buna, who many of you might know on Twitter. He's famous for making these kind of jokes. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, it's, it's confirmed by the official Brighton Twitter account. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah it was funny. Yeah, yeah, it was funny <laughs> because when I first mentioned it to you, you just checked if the tag is correct or not. So right. I think right. you learned a lot. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, so I mean, almost an hour ago, I generated an optimal team. And then while we are getting prepared for the episode, we heard about the postponement news. So I had to uh, restart the solver and then solve it again. Originally, I had two Brighton defenders in the team, but this time for game week seven wildcard, uh, the optimal yeah. team has Ederson in the goal, uh, Digne, James, and Alexander Arnold as the uh, defenders uh, right. in the lineup for seven. And we have Saka, Martinelli, Salah, and Sojak in midfield. Okay. J- Jesus, Mitrovic, and Haaland in forward. Okay. And as bench, we have Ward, Trippier, Andreas, and Neko Williams. So okay. as you can see, so Dinya is not playing in all the fixtures. So does Sojak. So they, this team brings Trippier and Andreas to the lineup in future game weeks. All and right. the only game week Ederson is not playing is the game against Liverpool. And in that game week, Ward is playing against Crystal Palace. So not a terrible choice, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you said, as you can see, but that's to me, as we're looking at the screenshot, I think for the people on the podcast, <laughs> you cannot <laughs> yeah. see it, but sort of explained it. So I think it was <laughs> clear. Uh, just a question. Is this optimal for game week seven or is this for multiple game weeks? So this is for multiple game weeks. Yeah, let me okay. talk about the, the parameters a little bit. So in this case, since you are wildcarding on game week seven, uh, right. so... I am optimizing over a nine game week period. So we are trying okay. to optimize the total points you can get. But right. since the future points are not as certain as the closer game weeks, so we yeah. discount future game weeks a little bit, what we call right. DK. So that, yeah. Yeah, so that the plan is not very sensitive to future changes and it is more focused on closer game weeks. But yeah. this is not... Like this team, for example, is not optimal for game week seven as is. No, no. So yeah, it, yeah there could be another team with higher uh, expected value. No, no, value, but that's but good. Yeah. I think yeah. for a wild card, we need to consider a, a longer period, of yes, course. That's true. That's but true. Uh, yeah, a few things that I notice: uh, Ederson is back because I remember in in the last one, the last podcast, Ederson was gone because we yeah. were moving some funds to the front. Um, and I'm a little bit surprised that there are still three Arsenal players, as I think their fixtures will uh, will get more difficult. But so yeah, it's good to know that the solver is still giving this. Yeah, it's good, uh, good, good food for thought. Triple Arsenal has been discussed on Twitter too. Uh, yeah. I think Arsenal attacking underlyings are nice, and they are playing yeah. like Everton, which is a good fixture. Yeah. And yeah. in in this horizon, they're also playing against. Uh, Forest, it's towards the end, but still, it's a solid uh, fixture too. Yeah, some um, good fixtures. Yeah, Leeds, Southampton. Yeah. But the problem is they're also playing against Liverpool and Manchester right. City. And as far as I can see, Optimization wants to keep them in the lineup those game weeks, which right. is a little bit interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Model has lots of trust in Arsenal's offensive numbers. Right. But yeah, for people who are not feeling like Arsenal offense will be as good as the you know previous game weeks. Yeah, it might be nice to bend them and then resolve it. Yeah. Consider different options. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks for sharing. 
All right. So then, yeah, let's let's move to the other big news from today. We mentioned uh, the Brighton game being postponed, but uh, there's also the the news about Thomas Tuchel who got fired at Chelsea. Yeah, they lost against uh, Zagreb yesterday for the Champions League, uh, which which I suppose was the the trigger to go to this action. Uh, I'm not so surprised to be honest. I think you know Chelsea they were not playing that great already at the end of last season. And also this uh, season, they didn't impress us very much, despite the investments that they made. Um, we have a question on Twitter from uh, Bielsa's Buckets, and he's asking how optimization models are dealing with changes like these. That's quite an interesting question. So, yeah, I also answered on Twitter, but the most important thing is the average projected points or expected value or EV, yeah. as we call it, of the players. Yeah. So... Yeah. Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down based on the news we get. And especially new signings often affect existing players' minutes. Minute predictions, they usually go down because Mm. now there's an uncertainty that whether this player will play or not. Same with now Chelsea because now they are going to have a new coach so that the the minute predictions for players probably will go down because of the uncertainty what kind of formation the new manager will bring or right. which players will keep their positions like consistently so each formation change or each new players to the team or if a player gets injured or leaving mm. the team they affect the other players in the team so that their minutes expectations change right. sometimes if a player plays in a different position obviously those baseline numbers, the underlying stats, help us to predict, you know, what the outcome will be, the output numbers will be. But it's a big question mark, especially if you don't have any similar data in the past or not. So it is not easy to tackle, but we have methods so that we can roughly check other players in the same position or other players going through the same kind of changes. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Well, and then, you know, sticking to the Chelsea topic, mm-hmm. I think uh, you had a few questions as well, which you uh, asked uh, Stats Dan about, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so my first question to Dan was about Mendy, because I see Mendy's name in a few optimal wildcard plans. Uh, okay. Whenever I ask optimization, obviously Mendy being at, you know, 5 or yeah. 4.9 now, is great. I mean, he's a premium goalkeeper and at a very uh, cheap price. Yeah. So, and I was seeing his name, but when you see his name in a, in an optimal plan, you don't feel as confident as you would in, let's say, last season. Yeah. So I asked then about the Chelsea defense options, like specifically goalkeepers and defenders. And right. is the regression to you know, Chelsea defense temporary and if he considers any of those defenders or goalkeepers in the wild card. Right. And Dan mentioned that there are only two outstanding defensive options from Chelsea, James and Fofana. Okay. And, and James is because of his outstanding attacking numbers, he said. Yeah. I mean, I agree. So James is a big threat. So, yeah. you know, people sometimes say, you know, I don't have James for the clean sheet. I have James for his attacking points right that's kind right. of true because i mean chelsea wasn't getting clean sheets lately and Fofana, yeah and i think 
we can hope maybe that with a new coach that he will be uh, more uh, used as a wing back because yeah? I think that's a, a complaint from many people that one of the best wing backs was more used as a center back now, exactly. which is, of course, was a bit limiting his uh, potential from an FPL perspective. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And he also said the Fofana is the second uh, option because of the values. He's yeah. 4.4 and right. he said he's very impressed with what I he has seen so far. Yeah. And regarding Mandy, Dan mentioned that he prefers Pop because uh, Newcastle right. defense is improving yeah. and which leads to more saves and bonus points. The the way they are defending is yeah. bringing more saves uh, and bonus that's points. That's a for good Pope. point. Yeah. I'm also going for Pope. I mean, I had Ramsdale before and I think, you know, the Arsenal defense is quite reliable, but Ramsdale is not just getting any any safe points this this season, so yeah. uh, that, that that could be also a reason, of course, to consider different options. Exactly. And my second question was about Aubameyang. Obviously, right. <laughs> I I had him in in past, and yeah. I had like painful memories with him. So I was okay. just wondering what he thinks about his uh, he like Aubameyang as an FPL asset this time in Chelsea. Yeah, and because his minute pr- predictions right now are twenty minutes this game week, fifty next game week, and then mid sixties after that. Obviously, new coach will bring changes regardless of what they think. But I asked him if he agrees, or uh, do we expect a slower transition into lineup or the starting yeah. lineup? And yeah. Dan mentioned that. I mean. It will obviously depend on which system the new manager favors, but if they go with a two-striker system, then he sees Havertz being paired with Aubameyang or Broja. Yeah. So he assumes Aubameyang will get lots of minutes. So in one striker yeah. system, they will share minutes, so that will be riskier. But mm. he said, I think that expecting him to play more than 70 minutes in about four or five game weeks seems yeah. a fair prediction, which... Is nice to hear because, like, we don't need to think about him at this point, and maybe he will be an yeah. option later, especially after we get some clarity about the Chelsea's new manager. Yeah, and I think they got him for a reason, right? Uh, Obama Young is, I don't think it's a player that you bring in just for the bench. I think they brought him in, uh, yeah, because they were definitely missing something up front. Um, so that that should give some confidence about his minutes, I think. Exactly, and he was Abumeyang was very excited to <laughs> play yeah. under Tuchel, but yeah, right, <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, let's see who will come in now. All right, cool. Let's switch to another question then. This one is about defenders. Um, Kyle Walker seems to be injured. We're not sure uh, if that's uh, a long-term thing or maybe you know he will be back for the weekend. But in general, I think people are wondering what to do uh, with the premium uh, defenders or with the the big at the back assets. So let's take a look at the data and and what does it say about the top defenders for the next game weeks? So when I answered this question, we didn't know about the Brighton game being postponed. So my original reply said Newcastle defenders like Trippier might be a good target if you are looking only for a replacement for two game weeks. being asked in the question yeah. or Brighton defenders I mentioned Dunk because they yeah. had two nice fixtures Bournemouth and then Crystal Palace yeah. but 
Yeah, I also mentioned in the tweet that this risky because the game can be called off, which right. it did. So I think Newcastle defenders are better options. Yeah, that's what I think. And also yeah. now checking the you know we talked about the optimal uh, wildcard seven Suka, then Dinya was yeah. there, and then James Alexander Arnold. So I think yeah that. Seems to be true because the Newcastle defenders are a good option. Yeah, yeah, and Dinya is maybe a name that many people would not expect, but I think the the upcoming fixtures for Villa look quite good, so that's probably why he's in there. And I think even Brighton, even if the game is called off in game week eight, uh, you know, on the longer run uh, they have decent fixtures and and they're doing really well. So I don't think like if you're on a wild card, you should completely ban Brighton options just because of. Game week eight being cancelled. Would, would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, specifically for game week seven, we have a question from Inda Boomski. I think that's how it's called. Uh, he's asking if Haaland captaincy is a go. You know, we've seen what he's been doing in previous game weeks, but now, of course, in game week seven, uh, City is facing Spurs. So should we captain him again? What do you think? So currently, Haaland captains is a soft no because Salah is at 7.3 expected value in terms of points and Haaland okay. is at 6.6. So I'm saying yeah. a soft no because, I mean, it's not super clear right now. Uh, Salah yeah. is a, just a step ahead uh, in front of Haaland. But Dan also mentioned here that he's considering to captaining Haaland and said that, you know, usually when there is not enough difference between two players, it means that there are some percentages that comes into play. And I just used the raw numbers and checked it in the expected value calculator. So currently, with the current projected goal, assist, and clean sheet probabilities, when we use all the data, it shows that Salah has a 53% chance of overscoring uh, against Haaland while it is only 37% the other way around. All okay. 37-38% for Haaland to get more points than yeah. uh, Salah. So, as you see, I mean, it's not 50-50, but it is 53 to 37. So, right. I mean, again, so when the values are close, like 0.6 points close, then, yeah, you can still consider captaining Haaland. But yeah. if the gap was more like maybe 1.2 or more, then I would say it's safely Salah is the best Mm. captain. I mean, looking at these values, I mean, I can see that lots of people will still go with Haaland, although I think Tottenham has a good defense. Yeah, that's for sure. But I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned Salah because there was also a question about this one because I'm thinking, you know, we've seen Salah not performing so well in previous game weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, yeah, FPL is live. who is saying that models are often focused on the longer term, which, for example, is now leading to data-driven managers still captaining Salah, which you've just discussed, <laughs> while exactly. other managers are moving to other players. So, yeah, is that, you think, indeed a weakness in working with data and solvers, that it's not picking up on on trends or, let's say, form fast enough? 
so there's a trade-off because if you update your model too fast like to any event that happens then you yeah. might pick up more noise because like yeah. let's say if defender got two goals in a game week and then you suddenly think it's oh it's a good attacking option which is right. clearly not the case so you don't no. want to make it too fast but you you also don't want to make it too slow like when you're <laughs> yeah. updating player baselines i think yeah. holland is an outlier so i should say it clearly that i mean we were not expecting holland to perform at this level it mm. is like very impressive uh to yeah. be honest but two hat-tricks is uh, quite unusual exactly i mean <laughs> you might get another <laughs> one i don't know but yeah. Yeah. yeah so i prefer projection models to not freak out you know whenever these kind of stuff happens but yeah. if i have a belief that you know holland is doing much better than models are currently predicting i mean i i think it should be my responsibility to update his numbers maybe bump his uh like points a little bit or maybe right. minutes a little bit so that i can still get the optimal solution from the solver so okay. if we do it for holland like if we say that oh, okay data is too slow let's make it mm -hmm. faster it will be faster for everyone which is clearly a problem because we mm -hmm. don't want to make it too sensitive at the same no. time so okay. yeah the, i got it yes yeah, it's, it's a long answer but yeah it's no, no, i get it um, yeah and i see that, that that's uh, anyway a difficult one even for uh, people not using data right i mean we know what salah can do yeah, exactly. Um so I think a lot of people including me I think I'm, I still think Salah will you know he will come he will be in form at at some point <laughs> and, and we don't want to miss it so it's a big risk for example to sell him on a wild card exactly. but at the same time many people like myself are considering it because you know it's still 13 million which you could also spend somewhere else True All right thanks for covering that um yeah, we also, you know, we talked about the defense earlier, but many of us are also thinking more about the attackers because there are so many good options. Uh, an FPL composer also asked about it. Like, what are the models suggesting at the moment for the optimal front three looking at the next six game weeks? Yeah, I checked, again, the optimal wildcard team and I forced Solver to use triple uh, forwards in every okay. game weeks. Yeah. And so if I use with the default options with 0 0.85 DK, so that it yeah penalizes 15 percent around 15 percent every game week. All right. Uh, and no planned future transfers and triple forwards are forced as I mentioned. Yeah. So FBR reviews data shows that optimal picks are Mitrovic, Jesus, and Holland. Okay. And if I use Kiwi's number, the FPL Kiwi's numbers, the optimal. Yeah. The triplet is Mitrovic, Jesus, and Kane. Right. And when I mix them 50%, 50%, so it's just the average of the two, mm. then optimal changes, actually. Uh, so it becomes Mitrovic, Holland, and Isaac. Okay. So, I mean, as you see, Mitrovic is optimal regardless. Yes. So if you have yeah. a way to reach out to Mitrovic, I mean, and he's scored even at the top fixtures, and now yeah. that he's... Indeed. He will have better fixtures coming up. And... Holland or Kane decision is a little bit <laughs> debatable, I think. Yeah. But Isaac is just a name that I wasn't expecting to see, so it's a little bit yeah. exciting too. Yeah, Newcastle has good fixtures coming up, um, and they're they're playing well. So I think a lot of people are considering him. 
And you know, I I I am still a Kane owner, and actually Kane is doing well, right? He's he's returning he every week, but it's just that uh, Haaland is doing even better, <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite difficult to fit both of them in. So I'm exactly. I'm considering now indeed to go Haaland over Kane, even though the next fixtures for Kane look good with uh, with the game against Leicester among others. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's that's a difficult one. All right, well I think we covered some of the main hot topics for this week. Uh, or was there anything else you still would like to address? So I think one topic that people will be talking is whether to wildcard in game week 8 or game week yeah. 9. Because right but. after the deadline, if you are going to wildcard in 8, you need to activate it so that you can catch price changes. Yeah. And with the Brighton games being postponed, I think it will force some people's hand. If, if, they, if they have triple Brighton players, for example, they will be forced to either use their wildcard or maybe even take a hit if yeah. they, they want to postpone. Wildcard is less valuable this season than compared to next, last season, for example. Right. And so I and I firmly believe that there is not too much difference between using it in game week 8 or game week 9 in okay. terms of data or the yeah. expected value. So it boils down to thinking about your options in game week eight and nine and i saw uh, oscar it is fpl focal on twitter yeah. tweet on it and he said tricky one whether to wildcard in game week eight if you are not loaded up on brighton players in right. my case i have only got trossard who can move to rashford and then wildcard yeah. over the break instead However, yeah. you miss out on some fixtures like isaac home at bournemouth or mitrovic away to forest yeah, and he said. However, the game week nine wildcard can give you medicine home to Forest and Solanke home to Brentford, etc. So mm-hmm. exactly. So this is the, some of the things that people should be considering when it is better to wildcard in game week eight or nine. Because in my opinion, unless you have triple Brighton players, there is little difference between the two. And just consider which of these players at which which fixtures you prefer because i mean obviously you win some but also you yeah. lose some at the same time yeah yeah and what we mentioned also in previous episodes uh game week nine is also where the international break is right exactly so if you wildcard then it gives you more time to consider your options and mm-hmm. also yeah you never know people can come back injured from international uh, duties uh so that's that's that could be another benefit of waiting till game week nine Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it can also be good to move early and uh, try to get an advantage like that. Exactly. Something uh, to consider for everybody separately, also depending on your team and, and how you're doing, of course. Yeah, there's no clear data answer, so no. it's a little bit subjective okay. this time. Okay, good, good to know. All right, well, it's good that you added that one at the end. Um, So let me wrap it up here. I think we managed to keep it a bit shorter today Mm -hmm. while still covering a lot of relevant points. Let us know what you think of this new concept so we can consider your feedback for our next episodes. The discussion can certainly continue online, especially Surtop is very active on Twitter. And in general, he's happy to answer any questions there. Right, Surtop? Exactly. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again for listening to our FPL Optimized podcast. Make sure to subscribe to it so you'll know when the next episode is out. Or follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at BelfiBB. Wishing everyone green arrows and talk to you next time.